Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are on to the wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend. We got six games this weekend. I mean, I think it could definitely be a lot worse. I think most of these matchups, you know, I think the lowest total is like a 44. So uh, that, that is a positive. And a lot of these teams are getting healthy uh, as well. So we should be getting some players back as well for this slate. You know, uh, at first I was uh, admittedly a little upset when I saw that they, you know, the two featured slates was the two gamer on Saturday and the three game on Sunday. But they saved the day with the six gamer, you know, being a, a relevant slate with some good with some good matchups there. So or some good contests. So that is a positive. Anyways, Maddie, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm very, very happy and excited that they uh, saved the day by having some decent six gamer contest that's probably where i'm gonna have most of my action uh and definitely gonna play the two gamer and the three gamer but you know you get six games it gives you a little more uh leeway with you know you don't have to have things as perfect when you got more games to deal with so uh definitely going to fire at the six gamer as my main uh main action this weekend and um but gonna play the two and three gamer as well yeah, I'll be right there with you. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm gonna play Showdown. Uh, I'll definitely be playing the Chief Showdown, yeah. the Monday Night Showdown. Uh, maybe even play this the Saturday Night Showdown. I don't I'll play know. I'll play the night probably play the night game showdowns, like the last yeah. games of the day for each all three days. Yeah. So, anyways, we wanted to you know normally typically here we go position by position uh, for the main slate, but with this being a six game slate and uh, you know, kind of the main slates being the two gamer and the three gamer, we decided to we're just going to go game by game here and talk about some of the, you know, these different games and kind of uh, some, you know, some areas maybe we might be able to exploit and, you know, get some action on. So especially with so many different slates, people playing different slates, I figured that we thought this would be a little bit more um, the best way to go next week, uh, I believe. Is as long as DraftKings does the right thing and makes the main slate the you know Saturday and Sunday slate, uh, which is what they typically do in the past, then we'll go back to position by position. But for this week, we're going to go game by game. So let's kick things off with the first game of the slate, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders at Cincinnati Bengals. That is a 49-point total uh, as of right now. You have the, the Bengals at a 27 and a quarter uh, implied point total with the Raiders at a 21.75 point total here. It has been bet up, open at a 48. It's up to 49 um, at where I'm looking at right now. So let's start with this game. I guess, where do you want to start at with with this game and kind of, you know, what intrigues you, I guess, with this game? So, I mean, kind of everything from this game semi-intrigues me. I just I wonder do you think this ends up being one of the more popular games on the slate with just from you know 
maybe not on the so much on the Raider side, but the hype around Jamar Chase over the last two to three weeks, and as well as Joe Burrow. I mean, we've seen Joe Burrow throw for an insane amount of yards and touchdowns over the last two weeks, really. Um, and so I just feel like a lot of people are going to flock to Burrow here. Uh, and, you know, that's – I mean, I can't fault them for that, but, I mean – when these two teams played a couple of weeks ago, Burrow threw 29 times and Joe Mixon ran the ball 30 times. So they actually ran it more than they threw it, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, Burrow only had, uh, I think, 10 DraftKings points in that game and Joe Mixon put up 27. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I expect Mixon to be popular too. I mean, when, you know, he's been one of the top uh, PPR running backs on the year, really. Uh, you know, he's he's been semi-involved in the pass game. And whenever he can get involved in the pass game, he's been one of the top scorers in the league. I mean, you look over the last two weeks, he's got 14 targets in the last two weeks. Um, that's pretty significant. I just, I mean, is that something you think we see, you know, can they just continue to throw to Mixon uh, over and over again? I mean, he's been one of their their bright spots in the offense. And, you know, when they can't get him going on the ground, they've, they've involved him in the pass game. And, uh, the Raiders are definitely somebody you can uh, involve the running back in pretty heavily. I mean, we just saw Eckler. Uh, Eckler did pretty well against them and in, in the had-to-have-it game this past week. Uh, you know, we've seen running backs throughout the year uh, do well against them. Uh, and, and like I said, Joe Mixon a couple of weeks ago, he, he put up 27 with zero pass-catching work. Uh, he had 130 yards and, and two touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I think Mixon is probably – where I'm going to end up from this game. I just, I, I just feel like Burrow is going to be a little too popular for me, especially uh, Jamar Chase as well. Um, and obviously you can play, you know, Jamar Chase by himself, but if Jamar Chase is going to go for, you know, the 200 yards and two or three touchdowns, then he's going to take Burrow with him probably. So I almost would rather just play those guys together as opposed to playing Chase as a one-off. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like this as a stack. I think you could go to, especially at, at, at some of their prices. But uh, it has been interesting with Joe Mixon and the way that they've really utilized him because, like you've said, like over the past few games, he's averaging 26 routes run and a 17% target share, uh, which is kind of crazy because earlier in the year, they really weren't really weren't utilizing him that, like that. And that was kind of one of the frustrating things with him is he wasn't seeing as much pass catching work. Well, uh, you know, the most he has seen in terms of targets, you know, prior to week 16 was six. And, that you know, that was all the way back week six against Detroit. Other than that, it was zero, five, five, zero, four, one, two, one. And then all of a sudden the last two weeks, it's eight targets and then or six targets and then eight targets, um, which really raises his floor because he was a little bit more volatile because you couldn't count on him to do anything in the passing game, which is weird because he's a tremendous pass catcher. I, I never really understood why they haven't utilized him more as a pass catcher because on the season he only has 48 targets which is 28th among all running backs but uh yeah i mean if this trend continues then i mean i think you're gonna have to pretty much i feel like he's gonna be definitely be one of the top guys on the slate because of the raiders have really struggled against the run this year uh they've been better against the pass than they have against the run um but you know, I, I think that, you know, a couple areas here that is going to be intriguing is that on the, the Raiders side, the Raiders haven't been great at really getting uh, getting getting the quarterback. They, only, they have 12 fewest sacks on the season, but we know that the, the Bengals, you know, they're, especially their, their offensive line has been atrocious. And uh, Joe Burrow leads the league in sacks, and it's not even close um, because this offensive line has just been a problem. And so, you know, it, it, I think their game plan – 
is probably going to continue to be, you know, try to get the ball out of his hands quickly um, because, you know, uh, you know, this Raiders pass defense looked better against Justin Herbert. I mean, he was, but other than that, but for the most part this year, this, this pass rush has not been great, but you know, the, the, I would say that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is, is, is far worse. And so, that could be a problem here in this game. You know, we have seen these two teams play. It was an absolute blowout. It was 32 to 13 uh, Cincinnati in, in Las Vegas. Um, and, you know, you already mentioned kind of what they did in that game. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, really uh, had, over the last six games has been really – I mean, he has four 300-yard passing games over his last uh, six, uh, which is tied with only Brady. And then the next closest, I think, is two. Um, which I think is Josh Allen. So over the last six games, so he has been pretty consistent, you know, hitting that that, that floor or that that 300 yard bonus, uh, which, which obviously comes in handy. He is obviously not a running quarterback, but on this slate, I mean, how many are there? I mean, you have Kyler Murray who has started to run the ball more. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, and then you know Pat Mahomes will mix in a little bit, and Josh Allen um, obviously will. But depending on which slate you're playing, it's going to dictate you know some of this as well. But I do really like this stack. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't have a whole lot of interest in Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, in, in this passing attack because he just has not been really all that involved. Over the past four weeks, he only has 20 targets over the past four weeks. It's not terrible, but I just don't think he's going to kill me either in this game. Um, I feel like that it really comes down to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase uh, between these two. And I think if I have to take a stand, I'm probably going to go T. Higgins. Because I think all I, I think uh, Jamar Chase is going to be more popular. Um, the the Raiders have done actually a really good job of limiting big plays. Uh, yeah. They actually have, they have allowed the six fewest passes uh, pass plays of twenty plus yards this year, and so that has been something. And I think that you know not that Jamar Chase or Jamar Chase is just a deep threat, but I think T Higgins is a little bit more where he wins on the short intermediate routes uh, than than something that Jamar Chase does, um, and so. I prefer T Higgins here and I really won't have a whole lot of interest in, in Tyler Boyd. Um, I think if I'm going to stack Burrow, it's going to be with Higgins and I still think you can run Mixon in that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could uh, absolutely run all, all, you know, pick one of the two big receivers, uh, whether it's Higgins or chase. Cause I mean, they seem to, they seem to be like, like DK and, and Lockett, right. Where they kind of alternate. Uh, when when Higgins has his monster games, it seems to not be Jamar Chase uh, going with him. So, um, except for the Baltimore game, I mean Burrow threw for 500 yards that game and, and five touchdowns. So it, you can kind of throw that one out a little bit because uh, that's that's an anomaly that's probably not going to repeat itself. But um, yeah, I agree, and and I think you know people may look at this slate and say, oh well, if I'm playing Joe Burrow, I don't want to play Mixon, or if I'm playing Mixon, I don't want to play Burrow. And you absolutely can play both of them together. I mean. Mixon's got uh, 14 targets in the last two weeks, uh, and he has – let's see here. He's got one, two – only two, re- three receiving touchdowns. He's got three receiving touchdowns this year. So uh, definitely, you know, definitely ch- a chance for him to score through the air as well. Uh, not He's not going to be somebody like Eckler who's going to, you know, have a heavy usage through the air, but uh, definitely – uh, somebody who can be utilized in the past game and it has a uh, high touchdown equity. He's got 16 touchdowns this year. That's a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think definitely wouldn't fade Cincinnati completely. Uh, and if you're going to play stack up Cincinnati, don't be afraid to play Mixon with Burrow. 
As far as this whole slate is concerned, is Joe Mixon your favorite running back on the slate? He has to be. I mean, you can run the ball in New England, but, I mean, Singletary, he's fine. I mean, Singletary has been crushing over the last, you know, few weeks. He's got a really good workload. He's he's probably somebody I'm going to end up on regardless, uh, just because there's not there's not a ton of running backs here to love this week, to be honest. I mean, uh, are you going to play Cam Akers at 4,200? It's tempting. I, I mean, how much do you think he really gets involved? I mean, he had he had five carries and three targets last week, eight opportunities in his first in his first action, pretty much. And I don't hate it because we know the Cardinals, you know, get gashed a lot on the ground. Um, and they the said run. that they said he was going to get a significant workload bump in the playoffs because that's what that's the whole reason he came back was to try to help his team win a Super Bowl. Uh, and we know, you know, Michelle is not going to be involved in the pass game. And they pretty much showed us last week, I mean, three targets and five carries that if Cam Akers is going to get usage, he's going to get usage in the pass game. Yeah, it's, I mean, Sonny Michelle did absolutely really nothing. Yeah, he had like, game. what, 20, 20 something carries for like 40 something yards? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's bad. Yeah. 20, yeah, 21 um, carries for 28 yards. Almost had more carries than yards. That's yeah. never a good sign. I mean, I guess if Fournette plays, you you have to assume he's he's got he's going to be a full go, right, if he's playing because uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Because, I mean, otherwise, if he's not a full go, they can just try to lean on Brady with with makeshift running backs back there. Like Vaughn, they can get, they can get past Philly with – you know, with those guys back there in the in the backfield. But if Fournette plays, I mean, he has to be at the top of your list. His his pass game usage is, is just so much higher than everybody else's. Uh I mean he he what leads the NFL in targets for the running back position. He pretty much gets seven to eight targets a game. Like you can pretty much lock in that. So uh yeah, I think Fournette would probably be my number one if he plays and then Mixon would be my two and Singletary would be my three. All right, well, let's keep it moving in this game, um, and let's 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 jump over to the Raiders side of the football. Um, you know, Derek Carr, I really don't have any interest in him. Uh, he hasn't scored more than fifteen DK points since Week Twelve. I think he could. You know, I mean, it's possible, especially if they fall behind early. They really have to throw the ball a lot. But overall, like, I, there's just so many other spots. I, I just can't play Derek Carr on this slate. Um, Josh Jacobs is kind of interesting, but. I think some of the shine wears off a little bit with him because uh, while over the last six weeks he is third in total targets over that span, we've seen a dramatic drop-off in his pass-catching usage, though, since Jalen Richard has come back. And it's all coincide with Richard coming back um, because if you look at Josh Jacobs, uh, over that over the last um, four weeks that Jalen Richard's come back, he started to get more and more involved in the passing game, where even the last two weeks he's ran 12 and 16 routes for Jalen Richard, despite the fact he's only played 20 and 28% of the snaps. Um, and so we've seen a drop-off for for Josh Jacobs in, in terms of targets, which is kind of what was making him attractive as an option, right? Um, but if you go back, if you look at him, I mean, he was, he was going from 25 routes per game. He's down to 15 per game over the last three. And so – I will say he is ninth in yards created, seventh in yards created for touch on the season, but I don't think he's as attractive now if he's not going to get the pass catching work that he was seeing, especially at 6,500 and the third highest priced 
running back on the slate. Even though, I mean, he is coming off obviously a big game against the Chargers, where he went off for 132 yeah. yards and a score. That's the best. But, that's the best running back matchup in the league, pretty much. Yeah, in Philly, right? Yeah. And so that's just what worries me with him. Like, if he's not going to get the pass catching volume, and they fall behind, I mean, they're not going to be able to run the ball like they want. And so I, I just think he's a very volatile play. It'd be different if he was continuing to see the same sort of pass catching work that he was seeing earlier in the year. So I just don't have as much excitement of playing him. And then with with the pass catchers, what we've seen over the past like four weeks is what we've seen kind of a shift here, and and where what's happening is is teams are taking away Hunter Renfro and they are just bracketing him and making and forcing Derek Carr to use his other uh, his other pass catchers. And you know we I thought maybe with Darren Waller coming back last week that maybe that would change a little bit and teams would have to now be forced to really account for him. But he really wasn't. I mean, he was coming off a pretty you know long absence. They hadn't played since week twelve. He did play seventy eight percent of the snaps last week. Saw nine targets, but only two receptions for twenty two yards. But that's pretty much what they did in the second half. They just are really. I mean, after the touchdown that he scored against the Chargers, they bracketed him in that game. But what we've seen is is Zay Jones really emerge as the wide receiver one there in in, in Las Vegas. He's he's seeing over the last four weeks a thirty percent target share for Zay Jones and he's only 4,200. And so I think you have to have some interest. If you're wanting to pay down, if looking for a pay down option on this slate, like I think Zay Jones is it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm on board. If you look at the targets that he's been seeing, I mean, really go back to week, tw- uh, really it started, you know, really kind of week 12, seven, five, seven, nine, eight, ten, and eight targets. That's after rugs left. Yeah. Pretty much. He's he's pretty much taken over the rugs role. He's been the main beneficiary of of and, of and did you watch the game last week, right? Yeah. Didn't Carr miss him by like half a foot on a deep shot down the field in the first quarter? Yeah. Like it was he was wide open for a touchdown and Carr Carr barely missed him. I think it was on the first or second drive. Um but yeah, I mean forty two hundred for a guy who can see eight to ten targets and in his uh he's Average a dot of fourteen this year. Uh, I mean, that's pretty significant. Uh, and like you said, over the last four weeks, he's or, or six weeks, I guess, has been really been you know the main target guy for Derek Carr. And now, obviously, Darren Waller has missed most of that time. Um, and I personally, I think if the Raiders are going to do anything this game, they have to go through Darren Waller. I mean, Cincinnati's been so bad against the tight ends this year, and we we saw Darren Waller crush in the same matchup. Uh, a couple weeks ago as well. I mean, Darren Waller scored one of his few 20-point games that we've seen from him. Um, and, you know, there was some some questions around uh, him coming back in Week 18. How much of a workload would he be able to see with his knee injury uh, that he suffered against Dallas on Thanksgiving? Uh, and, and, you know, he saw nine targets last week. It just – it seems like whenever Derek Carr uh, wants to throw the ball to Darren Waller, it's like Derek Carr forgets how to pass. Uh, you know, he sails it out of bounds or – and it's like Darren Waller is open and, and he's he looks good out there. It's just and he's getting the volume. It's just Derek Carr just has to hit him. And at some point those those are gonna connect. Uh just because, you know, Darren Waller is too too good of a uh too too much of a freak athlete to to not, you know, actually catch passes in the NFL. So uh at some point this volume is gonna pay off and what better spot to do it against, you know, one of the worst defensive uh teams at defending the tight end position. You're muted, Kev. 
Oh, my bad. Uh, I was very, very frustrated uh, last week because uh, in the showdown uh, slate for the Raiders, I had uh, a lot of Darren Waller. I played him too, and he was only like 15 or 20% owned. And it's like you watch the game, and and he's getting all these targets, but it's just like Carr forgets how to throw it to him, or he's hitting a streaking Waller across the middle of the field, and Waller turns his head before the ball gets to his hands and drops it. It's like at some point, dude, these are these, these, this volume is going to connect and, and Waller's going to, he's going to absolutely smash. I mean, uh, and then, like I said, Cincinnati can't defend tight ends. They haven't all year. And we saw Waller crushing this matchup just a couple weeks ago as well. So, yeah, I mean, Waller in the same matchup, uh, he went seven receptions, 116 yards, no score, 21.6 DK points. Yeah. So you throw a touchdown and you're looking at 28. Yeah. And he's 5,700 yeah, on the six-gamer. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So it, I, I'm going to have a ton of Darren yeah, Waller. Um, I agree. He is by far my favorite option on the Raiders. Um, next up would be Zay Jones, where that I would go to. And then, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't hate playing Josh Jacobs, but I just, I don't I don't know what the ceiling is if they're just not going to utilize him in the passing game. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm probably out on Jacobs. I think there's better running backs. Uh, his, I agree. He's, I, 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 he's, he's got an attractive floor because you look at his game log and it's just littered with 10 point games, 10 to 15 point games, but his ceiling just hasn't been there. Minus last week. You throw out last week. Yeah. I mean, well, some of it has been because of the pass for catching work. He is actually ninth among all running backs and targets this year, which is not something I had on my bingo card this year that Josh Jacobs was getting, this was going to be the year that they were finally going to use him as a pass catcher because every year we'd, we've heard that from them, from Mike Mayock and John Gruden talking about how, you know, we're, we're going to utilize him a lot more in the passing game and they never would. Now they finally have. And so uh, I think with Josh Jacobs, like, I don't, I, I don't mind him, but I, I just don't think he's some, uh, any, any way that I'm going to use as a priority. So Probably have depending on how many lineups I play, I'll probably have a little bit of exposure because it's a six game slate and anything can happen. But I'm not going to make him a priority by any means, being the third third highest price running back on the slate. Cody so, asked, Cody asked, would you play him on Fanduel? I know it's a we're talking DK here, but in a where it's half PPR and touchdowns are more heavily weighted, or you think there's still other guys more likely to score touchdowns this week? I don't even know what he costs on Fanduel. I don't either. That that, that would be my question um i mean just from a touchdown standpoint though i mean i think mixon's more likely to score Najee harris is probably more likely to score um even some of the new england guys like damian harris he's got 15 touchdowns this year and, and you can run on buffalo uh the arizona guys james connor you know he he can score two touchdowns in any game um Fournette, if he plays, he's got 10 touchdowns this year. Uh, Singletary has come on as of late. Uh, Singletary's got five five touchdowns in the last four games for Singletary. And he's got eight on the year. They've just really made a conscious effort since week 15 to get Singletary involved. Uh, 22, 12, 23, and 19 carries. Uh, Hasn't been as involved in the past game, but hasn't really been matchups where he's needed it. Either. Yeah, and if you if you and if you look too, like again over the last four weeks um, of all running backs on the slate, actually it's it's kind of funny that Devin Singletary is actually first in red zone carries, and he's actually first in carries, and it's uh, of carries inside the five, which is tied with Daryl Williams and Josh Jacobs. So obviously he is the preferred goal line back. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, and so like like again, like I I don't mind him. I think that there's some upside, a little bit of upside there with him. And if they do decide to use him again as a pass catcher, um, but it just seems like Jalen Richard seems to be kind of the preferred third down back now, and that where J- Josh Jacobs was getting that role, and now they've kind of taken it away from him. Now on a half point PPR side, that's not as important, but I still feel like there's enough running backs on here, depending mm-hmm. on what their price over on Fanduel. I mean, even like somebody like Zeke, I think has some sort of you know on a, on a half point makes him a little bit more uh, attractive. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary I just talked about. I mean, they have really just leaned on him. He has been kind of the main guy there in that backfield, um, and so I like him. You know, I just think there's a lot better options. It doesn't sound yeah. like Clyde edwards Lair is going to make it back. He has not yet practiced this week at all. And to be honest, I don't think the Chiefs look at look at this game that they're going to need to rush Clyde edwards Lair back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, thirteen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Daryl Williams and uh, Derek Gore have kind of proven that they can handle the load. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I stand on it anyway. So, I, I just don't think he's a priority. I don't mind him. Um, do you have any interest in? Uh, Good old CJ Uzoma, thirty two hundred. He does see targets. I mean, you if you look, I mean, if you go back, uh, I'm just gonna say no, just because I'm gonna play Darren Waller. I yeah, I, I think I probably agree, but he I mean, it is because six, seven, four, six, six targets for him over the last six weeks, over the last five weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, but, and Titans crush the Raiders too. Yeah, they're actually right there. Uh, they're they're right next to each other in terms of DK points allowed. Uh, the Bengals allow the sixth most, and the Raiders allow the the seventh most. They're literally fifteen point four and fifteen point three DK points. Allowed yeah, I mean, didn't Dusty old Dusty ass Jared Cook almost go for a hundred yards last week? Yeah, Mister, I can't catch. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's interesting. I, for I, sure. I, Absolutely. I, I think I think it's a little bit thin. Uh, I think if you're wanting to run a game stack and get a little bit different with the Bengals and maybe do Burrow, Higgins, and and or Chase for that matter, and you know Uzoma, I think you could do that. Um, and just kind of get a little bit different. But I just man, there's so many good tight ends, and I don't think you know somebody like Patty Fry, Dallas Goddard is not expensive. Um, Zach Ertz isn't all that expensive, and like you already mentioned, Darren Waller's only 5700. That is extremely cheap. For what for for what the upside? I mean, he has th- legit thirty point upside in, mm-hmm. in the bag. Hell, I mean, even Travis Kelsey's only sixty seven hundred. And I mean, he he's typically a guy we're looking at that's seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, I so agree. I just don't know if there's really a re- a really a reason to get super cute uh, with somebody like CJ Uzoma. But I did want to mention him because this he is in this game. Other than that, I don't really have anything else to talk about with this game. Do you? No, I think the Devin Singletary talk is is a good segue into the next game uh, for uh, the New England at Buffalo game, which is the Saturday night game uh, at 8-15. Um, I think, you know, it's the lowest total game of the week. Uh, we've got, you know, the reports already coming out that it's going to be pretty much zero degrees. And Bart Scott is telling Josh Allen to take Viagra pills to get his blood flowing. Just legend, a legendary uh, line. This old legendary Bart Scott. Uh, so. Can't wait. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that game, that game's fun. It's already being hyped up for how cold it's going to be. So, you know, I think that these, and just because of the matchups too, these past games are going to go completely overlooked. I just, is there enough, like, is there anything here that stands out to you from a ceiling standpoint? Um, because I mean, one or two of these offenses on the six game slate are going to break the slate, right. From a pass game standpoint, you've got, you know, Cincinnati against the, against Vegas, Dallas against San Fran, 
Kansas City against Pittsburgh, and you got the Rams and Arizona facing each other, and even Tampa Bay against Philly. So, like, I just feel like that this game being the lowest, lowest total game of the slate, it just feels wrong and feels negative uh, EV to want to attack this game from a stack standpoint through the air. And, I mean, I guess you can play Diggs as a one-off, but in that regard, I mean, he's going to see J.C. Jackson all game, right? Uh, and he's going to that, – that's just – not saying Diggs can't go for, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown and still have a solid game and get you, you know, 19 points. But, I mean, is that good enough? Because, uh, I mean, if if Pittsburgh can keep it close and keep Tyreek on the field, we know Tyreek's got a monster ceiling. Uh, we know Jamar Chase has a monster ceiling. Cooper Cup's up there. He's got a monster ceiling. Um, so there are some, some big-name guys at wide receiver that can put up big games on this slate. Um, so I'm not sure I'm going to get to Diggs. But I mean, seventy two hundred for Stephon Diggs on the six gamer. That's just man. That's that's the lowest he's been all year. Uh, he had a seventy one hundred dollar game back in week five against Kansas City. But uh, I mean, he's pretty much a lock for double digit points, uh, and as as solid of a floor as you get. And I just I don't know whether I'm going to end up with Diggs or not. But he's definitely interesting. But all that to say, I I think Singletary is the main piece of this game for me. Uh, you look at you know like. Like we mentioned, uh, when they play games where the game is in hand, he's not been getting a lot of targets. So they beat the Jets by 17. He got two targets, but he had 19 carries. Uh, they beat Atlanta by 14, only had one target, but got 23 carries. Then then the New England game was kind of back and forth. Uh, they, they won by 12. Uh, he had six targets in that game uh, and only had 12 carries, but they still got him his touches through the air. And I mean, that's kind of what you want, right? When when you're playing on a full PPR side, is you'd rather see the targets more than the carries. So, uh, ever since they started getting him involved, you know, more heavily since week 15, they've really only played one close game. That was against New England, and that's the game he had six targets. So, uh, you, and even if you look at the week 14 game before they started giving him 20 carries, uh, he had seven targets against Tampa Bay in a game they lost by set, a game they lost by six. So. Uh, I think Singletary is very, very interesting and has one of the uh, best floors on the slate, especially at the running back position. I, I 100% agree. Uh, absolutely. Uh, love Devin Singletary, especially at the price. The price is kind of ridiculous for with the yeah. production that he's been, he's been putting up over really a long-standing uh, time. I mean, we're not talking about a, you know, a one-off that he had a good game. I mean, it's, it's been really the last five or six weeks of the season that uh, Devin Singletary has really taken over the backfield uh, for the Bills. And so they finally have really committed to a running back. Um, I think, I mean, definitely Stefan Diggs is in play. Uh, he's actually torched them. I mean, he just did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when he had 13 targets, seven for 85 and a score in that game for 21 and a, and a half DK points in that game. Um, he's starting to kind of get an uptick more and being more and more involved. because I mean, double-digit targets and three of his last five. And so, I mean, Diggs is definitely in play. Um, Gabriel Davis. Mr. 14 targets last week, three receptions for 39 yards. That's almost like a Devontae Adams type game uh, from years years ago. Like, how do you get 14 targets but only uh, but only get three receptions for 39 yards? Yeah. Like, but what we know is though is that the, the hard part here is that you're gonna also gonna have Emmanuel Sanders back, who's practicing full today. You also have Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox and. You know, Gabe Davis and Steph Davis. There's so many pass catchers here to go around. Like, I don't think any of them truly stand out. And this is the lowest total on the slate with 
you have Buffalo, who is a 24 a point implied total, where you have New England at a 20, and it's a 44 total uh, on the slate. It has risen a half a point. Um, so this also isn't really the sexiest game to target either. Divisional game, the rubber match. I mean, this game could very well be a 17 to 10 type game, you know? And so I don't love it. I think if I am going to target this game, it's going to be through Devin Singletary and probably, you know, try to work in a little bit of one-offs like a Stefan Diggs or something like that. Um, As far as the New England side, I really don't have much interest in the New England side either. I agree. I think they Um, just, they spread the ball around too much and uh, they involve too many guys. I mean, Jacoby Myers is like kind of interesting, but I don't know. He doesn't really. I mean, he has two touchdowns. They finally found he finally found the end zone again in Week 17 against the Jags. He sees a lot of targets. You know, Week 15 he had 12 targets, eight targets in the last matchup against the Bills. Eight, eight. You know, he sees a decent amount of targets. He's only forty five hundred dollars. So, like, I don't mind targeting him at that price, but like again, I don't think he has an elite ceiling either. I agree. I think I'm going to be off uh, the New England side completely myself. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. Walido coming in with a $10 holler. I'm late, boys. Sorry. You know. Yo, welcome we'll back, Walido. We'll, we'll let it slide. You know, got his first appearance on the, on the DFS uh, DJ pod. So last week, I thought he did a pretty good job. Did a pretty good job. And we got TN. The, the OG, the TFA, like, he was literally, like, our third subscriber we ever had. So, when I mean OG, I mean it was me and probably Anthony that were subscribed that we started, and then TN was, like, our, our third. I mean, he was literally been here since day one. Let's but go. Please forgive can- me if this is not the right stream, but picks are due in a few hours. At the end of the stream, can you review your money line picks for the wild card game plus confidence level? Thanks a bunch. Yeah, I think we can do that. Let's just do it right now while he's here. All right. So wh- where do you come in? Well, Kansas City would be my number one. Uh, I would rank them at about a. Uh, obviously, you know, anything can happen in this league this year. You know, we saw the Jets almost beat Tampa Bay, and we saw, uh, you know, all these other crazy games that have happened. Um, you know, the Lions beat Arizona, and uh, Jacksonville just beat Indianapolis. So, you know, never say never, but uh, Kansas City plays infinitely better at home on the defensive side of the ball. And this Pittsburgh offense is just so bad. Uh, I, I know we've talked about it. I just, you know, that I just can't stand watching this Steelers offense play. They're just, they're just so bad. So uh, yeah. So I would rank KC as my favorite uh, money line pick and I would rate them pretty high. I would put it at a 12, not going to put it at 13 because nothing is really a lock. Uh, Kev, do you agree? Is Kansas city your favorite pick of the week? <laughs> with no bias involved it is but like there's this i don't know like there's like I, I don't know maybe it's just because like it's the chiefs you know and like i don't not because it's the chiefs but like i don't know like what it almost like feels like always when like everybody is on like a game like everyone's like this is a smash like this can't miss this can't miss it it somehow misses and i would probably cry not cry but i would be very upset if chiefs lost as a 12 and a half point favorite at home, you know, uh, you know, to the to the Steelers. But the thing, the thing with the Steelers is they move the ball down the field at three yard chunks. It's a two yard, three yard carry with Najee Harris. It's a 
uh, one and a half yard out route to Deontay Johnson. And then it's a, you know, a, a missed deep shot to chase Claypool down the sideline. And it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess it could be a lower scoring, closer game because of the type of game that the Steelers do play. Um, but at the same time, I just don't see that Pittsburgh defense really slowing down Kansas city's offense. I mean, you look at any of any metrics and that Pittsburgh defense has not been great this year. And they're one of the worst defenses against the run too. So, uh, and I know, you know, Kansas city doesn't necessarily love to just run the ball over and over, but they will uh, have success on the ground. So, um, and we just saw this matchup a couple of weeks ago and, and Kansas city wiped the floor with them and without any of their guys playing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's hard for me to not have Kansas city as, as the favorite uh, of the weekend. So, okay. So that, that they're a minus seven twenty two, by the way, yeah, for the money line. Um, yeah. Uh, what would be your second that you just feel like is a lock? Has to, I mean, I feel like I'm just kind of going with Vegas here, but I'd say Tampa Bay, uh, assuming Fournette's back. And they're getting some key defenders back too, which is which is a big thing as well. So, for, like for me, I, I I think it's the Bills. I think the Bills are an absolute lock. I I think they, I. I can't see really. Uh, I know the Patriots have beat them once already, right? And I, I know that that happened. That was the but, game, though. The weird. Yes, one. it was a. The weather was wild. Thirty yeah. mile an hour winds. You couldn't throw the ball. That's really not going to be the case here so much for this game. I, I this is at home in Buffalo. Yeah. I, I just don't know how the Bills lose. So for me, it, the Bills would be second that I feel really confident with. Um, so for me, it would be them. I would I would rank them third. I, I just I just think Tampa Bay matches up. Tampa Bay will run the ball down your throat if you give them the ability to, and we know Philly will just let you run the ball over and over again. Um, and then well, on Philly defense, has been excellent against the run, like excellent, elite against the run the last like six or seven weeks. Well, they're still going to run the ball, and they're still going to throw it to Fournette. And even if even when they pass the ball, I mean Philly allows you to have success to the tight end position and over the short middle part of the field, the slot wide receivers, uh, which is, you know, exactly what uh, we love with Brady. Uh, you know, he's going to throw the ball a ton to Gronk. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball too, uh, you know, Philly wants to run the ball over and over again. They, you know, they're one of the highest rushing, uh, most output running teams in, in the NFL. And, you know, we, we know what Tampa Bay is against the run uh, on defense. So, Philly's going to have to have to throw the ball to have success, and I just don't see that happening. So that would be your third or second? No, that's your second. I I have them two and to end Buffalo three. Yeah. Okay. So I have actually the Rams at three for me. Um, I think that you know with Arizona missing DeAndre Hopkins, that sounds like they're going to get uh, Chase Edmonds and and um, James Conner. They'll have both of them, but. I just think the Rams win this game pretty easily. The the the, Ram, the Cardinals offense has not looked nearly as good without um without DeAndre Hopkins Definitely. and I just think that they're going to be too much. So the the Rams would be third for me. And then this is where it gets into a territory where I think that a lot of these games could go different directions. I think the I, the, the Dallas San Francisco game is definitely last. That is the, I think that's the most toss-up game of the weekend. Dallas San Francisco. That I, the, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the Raiders Bengals. I mean, I could definitely see the Bengals or the Raiders, excuse me, winning that game. Like, I don't think it's out of the question um, for, for that to happen either. I think you know Vegas, 
you know, uh, the Bengals right now are a five point, uh, five point favorite in terms of DraftKings um, as of right now on DraftKings, and they're forty eight and a half point favorite on DraftKings. But so my upsets of this weekend are Philly beating Tampa Bay and San Francisco beating Dallas. Like I, I, I think I, I, I have gone down this road. Betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I did it last year in the Super Bowl. I I put literally every dollar on Kansas City last year in the Super Bowl. And it just it – I'm probably going to be wrong. For whatever Philly, reason, think, it doesn't work. Because, well, and so – and some of the narrative is that, you know, that, that is recency bias of how bad the Bucks have really kind of looked um, against some of these teams. Yes, they – you know, but the last couple of weeks, they played really, really, really bad teams like the Panthers, you know. But, you know, they struggled against the Jets and, you know, Philly. But I just don't know if right now. It, it, you're probably right. I should probably – I probably have it Phil, Buccaneers fourth um, in terms of, you know, confidence level um, of, of winning this game. And then after that, it's definitely uh, probably then Cincinnati and then Dallas would be last for me. But if I'm picking, I'm picking the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers to beat the Cowboys uh, this weekend. Um the the, yeah. the 49ers feel like that team that, that's kind of getting hot at the right time when they're heading into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, and and being a Cowboys fan and watching this same story play out uh, way too many times where, you know, they got a semi-decent team going into the playoffs and it's always, you know, the Ro- Romo fumbles an extra point kick and gets tackled and tries to get it in for a two-point conversion instead when he fumbled. Like, dude, shit always happens with, with the Dallas uh, Dallas teams. It's it's crazy. Uh, it's like they got a monkey on their back. But, uh, yeah, I would – I think the Dallas-San Fran game is the biggest toss-up of the weekend. And I would – I think you could pick either team, and I would have zero confidence in either one. Okay. So, that, that's, I think that's kind of where we stand on it anyway. That's where at least I stand. For me, it's, it's Rams – who I think wins, I'm taking the Rams, or it goes Chiefs, Rams, or excuse me, it was Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Bucks, Bengals, and then I'm going San Francisco. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm just gonna pick. Oh, I'm gonna pick Francisco Dallas. Too, huh? No, I'm gonna <laughs> pick Dallas because I'm a Dallas. I'm a Dallas fan, but uh, I think the other. I'm, I'm with you on the other five games, which scares me. Uh, but yeah, I would. I would rank them: Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Rams, Cincy, and then Dallas. Because I, I mean, I will say this though: if Dallas and the Bucks make it through, I'm going all in on Dallas next week to to beat the to beat the Bucks. Um, Oh yes, yes, yes. Because they, man, they match up so much better with the Bucks than Philly does. And and I I know that you know you kind of mentioned that Philly's gotten better uh, at defending the run over the last however many weeks, but they've only played Washington and the Giants the last four weeks. Those are the they've only played those two teams the last four weeks. Well, so. you go even further back than that. They they have done a really. I mean, they have made a complete one eighty. Yeah, um, in it's terms of, uh, limiting the run. Yeah, for, I don't know. It's still. I just think I just think Brady's going to be able to do what he wants, uh, even without Godwin, because he's getting he should get Fournette back here. Uh, Edwin's or Evans is fine. You know Gronk is is going to see a healthy workload. Um, I mean Brady scored thirty DK points in the last two weeks. It tells you you know he's still out there chucking it. So 
Yeah, no. It, it, when you're a Dallas fan, you don't have confidence in your squad. They they tend to they never blow anybody out, and they tend to uh, uh, they tend to play in very close games, especially in the games that matter the most. But I will say this is the best defense they've had in a long time. Um, you know that this defense plays physical ball, and that's what San Francisco is going to try to do on the offense. So they match up really well with them. Uh, and and Kev, like we said pre-show, kind of the reason I do like Dallas to win this game. Uh, even though, you know, I'm not super confident in it, is the teams that have had success on Dallas have thrown the ball deep. You watch, you know, Kyler Murray a couple weeks ago for Arizona. He chucked the ball deep over and over and over and over again. Uh, You look at Derek Carr on Thanksgiving. He he was hitting Deshaun Jackson deep. You know, he was targeting Zay Jones deep. The the Raiders were stretching the field. Dallas couldn't defend it. Um, Dallas just struggles with, with these deep balls and it's because their corners play aggressive. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is the main one. Uh, you know, he tries to jump those, those short intermediate routes and double moves burn him. And he's given up over a thousand receiving yards because of it. Uh, so yeah, these teams that can stretch the ball down the field uh, usually have success against this Dallas defense. And I just don't see San Francisco being able to do that consistent enough. They want to run the football and they want to, you know, get you in play action and, hit Kittle over the middle of the field and get Debo, you know, short targets out in space and same with Ayuk. So uh, honestly, I think Ayuk would be the key to San Francisco winning is, is targeting Ayuk deep down the field. Well, we'll see. So let's TN. We appreciate you. Appreciate it as always my, my guy. Um, let's, let's, let's keep this moving. Cause we are at 45 minutes and we are only two games through typical DFS, DJ in fashion. But we did just kind of talk about all six games in one breath. So that is true. So uh, the, the summary version. So anyways, actually, let's go ahead and move on to the Sunday. Uh, the first game there on that slate, which is the Eagles and Bucks game. We just kind of briefly touched about. You actually have uh, both of these uh, applied point totals going down from what they opened at. The Eagles opened at a 20 and a half. It is down to uh, 18 uh, at 0.75. You have the Bucks who opened at a 29 implied point total down to 27 and a quarter. Uh, this game opened at a 49 and a half. It is all the way down to a 46 as of right now. So as we just kind of we just kind of alluded to with some of the, with some of these things, like I think with this slate, you know, you have one, you have Jalen Hurts at $6,100. He is only cheaper. The only quarterbacks that are, you know, that are cheaper than him are Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Big Ben, and Mac Jones. He is down here below uh, a good majority of these quarterbacks. I really don't mind playing naked Jalen Hurts at $6,100. With his rushing upside that he brings to the table, which is kind of unlike any other quarter, uh, you know, at, at least in terms of the volume of touches. I mean, we've seen games this year where he's at 18 carries, which is wild for any quarterback, right? But he has also been the most consistent just every week, weekend, and week out. Um, we haven't seen that as much recently because they have been playing teams like the Washington football team and the New York Giants uh, over the last four weeks. So they haven't really had to do a ton uh, in those games. Um, they've been able to kind of just lean on the run and not have Jalen Hurts do as much. But I don't mind Jalen Hurts, though, at $6,100. The running backs, it sounds like Miles Sanders is going to be back. Possibly he was limited with that fractured hand. I really don't care. Um, I don't really want to play running backs against the Bucs. So I will say the Bucs run defense has not been as good uh, recently than what we've seen all year. But 
I just don't think you have to go here. I think it's a little bit too cute. Um, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, it's kind of Devontae Smith, and that's probably it, right? In terms of the, the wide receivers here in this game, you know, who knows? Maybe Quez Watkins can, you know, house call one or something like that. You know, he is somebody that they tend to utilize as a deep threat. Um, but he only has two games all year where he has scored more than double-digit DK points. And that was last week, or week 18 against Dallas, where he had five receptions for 84 yards and a score. I believe that a lot of that came in garbage time, if I remember correctly. Um, and the other one, other than that, was week two against San Francisco, where he had 16.7. That was two for 117 yards in that game. Um, but on the Eagles side, like it, it, for me, it's Devontae Smith. It's Dallas Goddard, if I want to go there. But I have much less interest in those guys than I do on some of the other players on the slate. Um, and then I do I do like playing Jalen Hurts naked. Is there anybody else on the Philly side that, that you have any interest in? No, I just want to reiterate for Jalen Hurts naked. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns this year. And what's interesting is five of those have come against New Orleans and Tampa Bay, the two best rushing defenses in the NFL. So don't be afraid to play Jalen Hurts here. He had two against Tampa and three against New Orleans. Uh, and, you know, part of that could be because the defense is so good at stopping the run on the inside that he's able to get outside the tackles. Uh, you know, that's just – I haven't watched film to verify that, but, you know, inherently thinking if a team is good at stopping the run from a running back perspective and the quarterback is having success running for touchdowns, that, you know, there has to be some sort of uh, schematic component to that. So, uh, yeah, if he's going to go overlooked, uh, I mean – if Philly is going to score any points, it's going to be because of Jalen Hurts, right? Like they're not going to be able to run the ball. So whether it's through the air or using his legs, uh, don't be afraid to play Jalen Hurts. And I I agree. I think naked's the way to play him. Um, and these these receivers just don't have the upside. And Jalen Hurts is going to get to his ceiling through rushing touchdowns if he gets there. So, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts naked for me on, for, on the Philly side. Um, Tampa Bay side for me, we already talked about Fournette at the running back position. I think he's, you know, top play on the slate if he plays. Uh, and then I think, honestly, I'm not in love with a ton of the wide receivers on this slate. And I, I this may be a double tight end slate for me, and I may just play Gronk with Darren Waller. Because Gronk is going to smash against Philly. Yeah, I mean, and They're Gronk 31st is against tight ends. And Gronk's 6,400 on the on the six-gamer. Six I mean, Gronk is Brady's main target right now with Godwin out. Uh, 10, 10, 2, 11, and 9, 8, and 9, and 8, and 8, and 5, and 8 targets this year. It's like uh, Gronk is the guy. And the crazy thing is, is Gronk is scoring 24, 22 uh, DK points over the last two weeks with zero touchdowns. You throw in two touchdowns in there, and you, you've got a 36-point 30, game last week if Gronk catches two touchdowns which is absolutely possible against anybody. So Gronk's got pretty much the highest, one of the highest ceilings on the slate too. Uh, and he, I just, I really like Gronk and Waller and I think I'm going to end up with a two tight end bill. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't mind Mike Evans at all. I mean, he, you know, six for 89, two scores last week um, against Carolina. Uh I think the key here for Philly is going to be, can they get pressure on, on Tom Brady, right? Because that's kind of how you beat Tom Brady. You have mm -hmm. to be able to get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. And, you know, 
I think if they can do that, this game can be close. I mean, these two teams have already played before. It was a 22 to 28 uh, game yeah. the last time they played. And so, you know, if, if Darius Slay can match up one-on-one and, and lock down Mike Evans, I think this game could get pretty interesting because now you're relying on guys like, you know, Gronk, which can definitely get it done. But then, I mean, who, I mean, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I mean, those are the guys you're looking at, you know, obviously with Leonard Ford, oh, Leonard Ford, Leonard Ford net getting passes out of the backfield. But that's going to be the absolute key for Philly to even have any hope here is they're going to have to get pressure on Tom Brady because if they can't, it's going to be a really long day for this team. Um, yeah. And, and Slade did lock up Mike Evans last time they played. Mike Evans only had four DK points on four targets. So uh, I just think the Philly scheme is just take away that the big outside plays and let the guys work over the middle. That's why I, I just think this is a, has Gronk written all over it. Gronk and Fournette for me. Are you playing any Brady? Probably not. You, you, you have any- absolutely can, but I I don't know that I don't know that I'm going to get there. You have any interest in Tyler Johnson? Seven targets last week, six targets the week before that. He's only 4K. Yeah, you can play him. Especially because uh, of the snaps last week. Um, yes. Yeah, 36 w- routes. And what's then his face? Uh, Grayson got hurt yeah, last week. He's doubtful. Yeah, he hurt his hamstring. So it's pretty so much. So Tyler Johnson scary. likely plays mostly from the slot because mm-hmm. you, uh, Scotty Miller, we know, doesn't play from the slot, which is mm-hmm. odd for a guy of his size. But uh, regardless, um, I think Tyler Johnson could be a, a spot we could go with too, especially if, if if Darius Slay is able to shut down Mike Evans. I mean, they're going to have to involve somebody. And, you know, Tyler Johnson kind of playing, a, you, know, a, you know, a little bit of a modified role of a Chris Godwin here, playing a lot in the slot. You know, I, and at 4K, uh, I think he is uh, definitely, if I want to pay down at wide receiver, I do like that. Yeah, he's in play. I agree. All right, so let's jump over to the next game. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about here, I think we kind of hit on everybody. No, I'm good. All right, so the next game up is San Francisco against. How about them Cowboys? Right, so it's a, yep. so this is a slate. The 49ers opened up at a 23 and a half uh, implied point total. It is up to a 24. You have the uh, the Cowboys who have steadily maintained a 27, the highest total on the slate. Open at a 50 and a half, up to 51. The only game on the slate that is above a 50 right now. And it comes in the form of the 49ers versus the Cowboys inside the dome. So obviously no weather concerns here um, in terms of pricing for these players. I mean, I don't think, you know, Dak is 6,400 on the six-game slate. Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, just basically free at 5,300. He is obviously... Garoppolo, very, very hard to trust. Doesn't have much of a great ceiling. He only has two games all year. Where he's, or three games, excuse me. Uh, week eight against Chicago, he had 30 uh, DK points. And then he had 23 uh, week nine. And then you have to go back to uh, the, the Cincinnati game where he had 20 um, week 14. Other than that, he's kind of a safe kind of option. 17, 18, 13, 20, 17, 12, 15. Right, he they don't really want to have to you know really uh, open him up and have him throwing 40, 50 times a game. They want to rely on the run. I'm probably not going to have any Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think you necessarily need to go there against Dallas. Um, Like you said, kind of how you're going to try to have to beat them is throwing the ball deep. You know, obviously they have the weapons with Debo, who's 8100. Then you have uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's at 5400, and even George Kittle isn't really you know. 
for George Kittle standards, only six K isn't really doesn't really cost you that much to get there. Um, I don't. I just don't think I'm going to have any uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stacks. I don't see that in my future. No, me either. I think. Uh, I think Ayuk is going to be the lone 49er I have interest in. Like I said, offenses have had success against Dallas. Uh, this year have been able are the ones that have been able to stretch the field. And I think if San Francisco is able to stretch the field, it's going to be because of IU. Um, and we've seen IU's had big games over the last five weeks. So. Can I say this though, uh, with Debo Samuel, I, I feel like it's like, it's like basically fade him at your own peril, right? Because the man just continues to at, just smash uh, on most weeks, right? Super kind of safe option. 28 points last week against the Rams, 17, 31, 18, 12, 20, 16, 30. Has a really high ceiling. Um, he's actually priced down from what he has been. Um, week 17 against Houston, he was 8,700. He was 8,500 last week against the Rams. He is down to 8,100. Uh, you know, obviously, he's getting carries out of the backfield as well, which kind of raises up him a little bit more because of the, the volume. Rushed eight times last week for 45 yards. Um, you know, 77 receptions on the year, 1,400 yards, and 15 touchdowns for Debo Samuel. Uh, every week, I bet against him, thinking that it's not going. He's he's not going to have a great week, and he somehow just bites me in the ass every single time. But he is 8,100. Uh, he is the second highest player on the entire slate of games. The only player that costs more than him is uh, I don't think it would take many people to guess. It's Cooper Cup at 9K. But other than that, I mean, he is the second highest price player on this slate. And I don't think it's that hard to fit him into a lineup because a lot of these players are priced down. It depends on where you go at quarterback. Since I'm not going to have a ton of interest in Josh Allen, I think you can kind of easily get to somebody like Debo Samuel at 8,100. Yeah, I agree. You can play him. I, I'm probably, I don't think you can play both Cup and Samuel uh, on a team. And I think I'm going to side with Cup over Samuel, so I'll probably end up with Cup myself. But, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I'm good with you playing Samuel. He's been a beast. He's a, he's really good. Like, imagine – I was just thinking the other day, what if what if Debo was somehow on Kansas City, the way they would utilize him, and that offense would be so sick? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of – I don't know why Kansas City ever stopped utilizing Ty- Tyreek Hill uh, as a running back, which they used to do um, back in his early years. They Probably to keep him healthy. Stopped. Debo's a that. tank. Debo runs linebackers over. It's crazy. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, he's, 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 been, he's been excellent. Um, he's a beast. And the, the best news is he stayed healthy. That's kind of been yeah. his biggest problem, right? He just hasn't mm-hmm. been able to stay healthy in his career. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much played yeah. through in, light injuries all year. He's been questionable the entire season, pretty much. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, 3,800, Jawan Jennings, you know, coming off that big 27.4 DK point. Did you have a lot of Jawan Jennings last week? Did you, did no, you play? I had, I had zero Jawan Jennings. <laughs> you didn't see the six for 94 and two, two tutties coming? You didn't? <laughs> no, I didn't either. I didn't. Uh, yeah, so for me, it's it's Ayuk, uh, and I'm out on everybody else. Um, on the San Francisco side, but I, I do like Dak a lot on the Dallas side. Uh, you look at San Francisco since week 10, they've only allowed a, one single game over 100 rush yards on defense. Um, so if Dallas is going to have, score points this game, it's going to be because of Dak and not because of washed up Zeke Elliott. Uh, 
So the 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 challenge with stacking Dak is he can spread the ball around so much that it's hard to pick one guy to go with him. And it's never multiple of these guys. So it's never Lamb and Cooper. It's usually one of the two. Uh, and then it's usually Schultz or Cedric Wilson, you know, the, or the third wide receiver that goes with him. Um, so you absolutely can play Cedric Wilson uh, with him after the Gallup injury. I mean, he's got 12 targets the last two games, and we saw uh, Cedric crush the, you know, earlier this year when when Gallup was out. Um, I'm, I'm just afraid he's going to be extremely popular with the games that he's had recently uh, and being only priced in the four, low 4K range. Um, so I almost side with picking one of Lamb or Cooper if you're playing Dak and just hope you get the right one. So you're telling me you have no interest in Elijah Mitchell at 5,500? Is that what you're telling me? You can play him. I just... That man gets an absurd amount of, uh, of touches, every, yeah, or of carries, I should say. Carries. He does. He was starting to look like maybe they were going to utilize him in the passing game, and then that kind of trade back down. But, um, but they're only 5,500. Um, I, I don't mind him um, as an he's option. Fine. He, he's fine. Yeah, he's not somebody I'm excited about, but you know, he's not somebody I'm crossing off the list either. Because, I mean, they're going to have to get there somehow, right, to, to beat Dallas. And Dallas has been obviously much better against the pass. They're 16th in rush GVOA on the year, middle more middle of the road against the run. Obviously, that's what San Francisco wants to do is run the football. Um, so at the price tag, you know, I don't I don't really mind them at 5,500. Uh, and then on the other side, I guess let's go ahead and – well, actually, let me ask you this before we jump over to Dallas side. As far as George Kittle is concerned, where would you put him among the, the kind of the top – you know, the top fourth. five guys here with Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle, Waller, Schultz. Uh, fourth. I rank them. I rank them Waller, Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, Schultz. You probably could honestly even flip Gronk and Waller. Yeah, I guess that's fair yeah. as I'm looking at this. Yeah, I think I probably would agree that I probably would have. Yeah, I'd probably have him fourth. I think he's just a tier below the Waller, Gronk, and Kelsey. For yeah. Me. All right. So let's jump over to the Cowboys side, keep this thing moving. Um, so we can get to these last two games. So on the Dallas side, you have Dak at 6,400. And then the wide receivers, we already, you know, Zeke, $6,100. No thanks. Um, even at $6,100. I just can't play Zeke. Um, no, neither. Then the wide receivers, you have CeeDee Lamb at 6,200, which feels really cheap for him. And then Amari Cooper at 5,900. Think about CeeDee Lamb. He doesn't hasn't shown much of a ceiling, and and I mean, at least lately, right? I yeah, mean, which, you have to which go, is you have to go back to week 10, where he had 28.6 to find a game where he scored over 20 DK points. Yep. The the he's thing been is very boomer bust. Yeah, the thing is though is everybody's going to say the same thing, and I think he's going to go lower owned than he should be because of it. But you have to remember at the same time. I mean, he's one of the more talented wide receivers in the whole league, uh, and he is going to get a high volume here. And if you know if San Francisco jumps out to a lead early, which absolutely is possible, on Dallas, Dallas should want to throw the ball a lot here in this matchup because they need to against San Francisco because of what San Francisco allows on defense. Um, so I think Dak is going to be throwing the ball a ton here either way. Uh, it's just a matter of 
Lamb and, and Cooper seem to alternate. Uh, they're they're really big games, and we know Lamb can have big games. I mean, he scored twenty nine against Atlanta, twenty against Minnesota, thirty nine against the uh, against New England, uh, twenty six in Week One against Tampa Bay. He's got nineteen against the Giants. Uh, so he does have big games in him, uh, in a handful of them this year. He just hasn't had them in in a while. And you know, throwing recency bias out, uh, so like you could just say that he's due for a big game. Because the matchup doesn't warrant you to not play these wide receivers from Dallas. Like these San Francisco corners aren't aren't very, aren't great. Right. I mean, you have San Francisco who they're 16th in pass DVOA, but they're second in rush DVOA on the year. Yeah. Um. So you know, I mean, it, it, to me, it's going to come down to really because they're so close in price. So I don't think pricing really has that big of a deal. Sixty two hundred, fifty nine hundred. So it's that kind of gets thrown out the window um, to me in terms of the price. Um, it's going to really come down to ownership. If if CD Lamb is going to be lower owned than Amari Cooper, then I'm going to go to CD Lamb all day. And he probably will be just because when you look at those two guys and you see Amari Cooper has a five starting salary, like 5,900. And you see Lamb is sixty two hundred, like he's got a six. It's just something in your brain is like, wow, why is Amari Cooper below six K, right? And then you go look at the game logs recently, and you see, oh, Amari Cooper, you know, they kind of Amari Cooper's been, you know, a little bit better than than Lamb recently. Um, but I side with Lamb, man. I, I just he's the better receiver uh, right now, and he just hasn't had a big game, and I, I just think he's due for one. You're muted. Oh no! I was just looking at the matchups here. Um, yeah, that that that's that's where I'm going to go. Like I said, I, I'm going to follow the the matchups, and then from there you have, um, you know, you brought up Cedric Wilson. You know, I don't mind him as a uh, as sort of the the cheap cheaper tier of option. Um, what is he? Forty four hundred. Yeah, I think he's going to get a little bit too popular for me though. Yeah, see the target each of his last two games. Mm-hmm. But he's only seen six targets in each of those games. Well, now, don't get me wrong, one of those, the Philly game was kind of a blowout. But, you know, even in the Arizona game where they trailed, I mean, he still only saw six targets in that game, six for 35 and a tutty. So. That's the game Gallup got hurt. Yeah. Pour one out for the homie. Hate to see yep. that. Yep. But, you know, for me, the the most, you know, I, I'm definitely going to have some, some, some Dak stacks. You know, I will probably prioritize CD lamb. If he's going to become, Oh, like I said, if he's going to have lower ownership, uh, that's, that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to go with. And then as far as, you know, the, the tight end position, obviously Dalton Schultz, that dude has uh, been really good this year. Yeah. He's been a beast. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw, I mean, only saw three targets last week, but still scored two touchdowns, 17.1 DK points in that one. But prior to that, 10, 9, 8, you know, sees a pretty heavy amount of targets. And you could see, you know, that kind of target share with him. And if, you know, depending on if this game gets to be a little bit more of a shootout, highest total game, no Michael Gallup, you know, we could see, you know, more more targets for Dalton Schultz uh, this week as well. So he is only 5K, um, much cheaper than these other, uh, the, the uh, other higher price tier of tight end. So. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think, is always in play. So if you want to stack him with with obviously one of the other pass catchers, I am one hundred percent on board with that. Um, are, are you playing Zeke? Nope. Even at sixty one hundred dollars? Nope. 
I'm out on that. He's just not. I mean, it, it makes it even worse that he's he's not seeing any pass pass catching volume at all. Uh, three targets, two targets, one target, four targets. You know, he six targets. You know, back in week fourteen, three targets. I know some of this is game script, but again, you know, the Arizona game, they trailed in that game, you know, then you still only saw two targets there. They they have been managing his workload a little bit, but week 18 against Philly, he still saw 18 carries in that game. Very, to me, he's very touchdown or bust, in my opinion. And a very low ceiling. I agree. Yeah, he's got he's got to score two touchdowns to get to even get remotely close to ha- having a had to have it score. Yeah, I mean, if he was involved in the passing game, you, I, I might be a little bit more intrigued because I know he's going to get all the carries on the goal line. But no thanks. Not against this defense. Not against no. the you know the number two rush DVOA uh, yeah. defense in San Francisco. No, I'm good. And <laughs> he has just been terrible this year. I mean, it, I mean, Dallas doing Dallas things, giving, giving a running back ridiculous money. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we have, they have Tony Pollard on the roster, right? And and the the clear better running back, you know, Zeke is washed. Zeke is done. You know, Dallas is going to get knocked out in the first round. I mean, let's let's just be honest here. Wouldn't shock me. Unfortunately, it wouldn't to... shock me. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get under your, uh, trying to get a reaction. I didn't get the reaction I wanted. No, that's all right. Uh, we can talk about the the biggest upset of the weekend though. The next game when oh here we go. Second. All right, we'll see on this one. All right, so. The most lopsided game of the weekend. We have the Sunday night game. Pittsburgh Steelers. Mr. Big Big fucking Ben coming out here trying to give the old, you know, we don't got a shot. You know, everybody's got to count us out. This is the best team in the league. You know, we're just going to go there, have a little bit of fun. But we don't have – shut the fuck up, Ben. You know, like we know what you're doing, okay? We're not stupid. We get it. You're, You're trying to play the old game here of, you know, our backs are against the wall. We're the underdog, you know. I'm sure they have some bullet board material up there. Though I did find it funny that would those Deontay Johnson said the opposite said that uh, you know no one no one jump on the bandwagon after we win. I'm like okay Deontay, um, <laughs> love you but no. Anyways, so Pittsburgh is opened at a 17 and a quarter implied point total. It is now down to 16.75, the lowest on the slate, and it's really not even close. I am blocking Derek Brown with his, yeah, when Pitt wins by 18, it will be lopsided <laughs> comment. D-Bro. Uh, blocked. Blocked officially and blocked. Placed in timeout. Uh, anyways, uh, the Chiefs uh, open at a 30.75. It has dropped down to a measly 29.25. Open at a 48-point total is down to a 46. So let's let, let's talk about this game. Let's start with the Pittsburgh side. You have Big Ben at fifty two hundred. No, thank you. Yeah, uh, that's a no for me, dog. Um, now you have Najee Harris at sixty six hundred. No, thank you. Okay, and then you have the, the wide receivers uh, at. Deontay at sixty seven hundred. No, thank you. What about your boy Chase Claypool at forty eight hundred dollars? No, thank you. <laughs> Just straight fading. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm out on Pittsburgh. 
Not if even you, Patty Fry at forty two hundred. What what week did uh what week did KC bench Sorensen? Do you remember? Oh, uh, they, they haven't really benched him. They just stopped playing him as much. They they essentially moved him up. Um, I mean, he his no don't get me wrong. His his snaps dropped significantly. Yep. Uh, they went down to like a you know fifteen percent, and then he basically kind of played a type of line linebacker hybrid role instead of playing safety, which of course against the Bengals, I, I don't know. Uh, we decided to just go ahead and hey, let's throw old Dirty Dan back there. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll do a good job against Jamar fucking Chase, and, and you'll be able to yeah, stop right. him. Yeah, this is a great idea. Way to go, Spags. Anyway, I digress. Um. But yeah, so let, then let's jump to the chief side. Well, no, I was going to say, what, what do you remember what week it was that they made that switch? Wasn't it like week five or six? No, it was later than that. Um, it was, let me look, I can tell you. Um, well, because the home game since week eight, the Chiefs allowed 17 points to the Giants, seven to Green Bay, nine to Dallas, nine to Denver, nine to the Raiders, and 10 to Pittsburgh. They've given up one double-digit point game at home since week eight. And that was to Pittsburgh, but they only scored 10 points. Well, in the Giants game, but... Daniel Swords is terrible. Yeah, he's awful. Ever since they made that switch, that defense... And we we know how much better that defense plays at home. Well, of course, yeah, and I mean, you have Big Ben, who is an absolute statue standing back there, yeah. uh, which is bad news just, because Spags is just going to dial up the rush, yeah. and, and blitz the shit out of him. Pittsburgh um, might not score. Real technical term, blitz the shit out of him there with that, but BTSO, uh, yeah. So, like, I guess, like, I don't like hate Najee as he's only sixty six hundred. Like, that's cheap for him, I'm but. I guess he did get hurt, you know, last week, you mm-hmm. know, uh, with that elbow injury. Yeah, he barely played in the must-win game. Yeah, well, I mean, with that injury. And then he hasn't practiced yet this week? No. He'll probably go, but I, I don't think he's going to play every snap like he normally does. Yeah. I don't mind Deontay at 6,700. Um, I don't know. Let's jump over to the Chiefs side. Fuck it. <laughs> would you would you play Snell if Najee was out? Or are you just saying, nah, you're good? No, because I just don't see a way that Pittsburgh's defense is going to be able to slow down Kansas City's offense. And you have to remember, when Chiefs whooped their ass two weeks ago, you know, in Arrowhead, they didn't Fire even have Travis season. Kelsey for that game. Right? Yeah, and Tyreek played, what, six snaps? <laughs> yeah, I, he, yeah, that was whatever everybody tilted that was their the, faces. That was the Pringle game when we were all over Pringle. Yes. If you listen to this show and you don't listen to the other three-letter network that, that does DFS content that has somebody <laughs> here that does position-by-position position breakdowns um, or play or game-versus-game, game, uh, you know, Fox, you would have got Fox the Tango, Foxtrot Tango Niner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, Love so, you, Derek. yeah, that, I, I think so for this game, you know, I don't think Tyreek is going to have the uh, the ownership that he should, and he's only seventy one hundred, right? Which is yep. something that you have to go back to 
not 2021 because he's not been under the, the lowest he's been all year was 7,700 week 10. Right. And that was on a showdown slate. So incredibly cheap 7,100. I think he's burned some people. He's, he's limited practice. I don't think he's going to have the ownership that he should. Yeah. I mean, he played, he practiced in full yesterday and you know, if Tyreek's going to practice in full, yeah, we saw, dude, how many times do we get players at injury discounts? I mean, Dalvin Cook, two, three weeks ago, when he came back against Pittsburgh, off his injury, ran for 200 yards. Remember that? And we were sitting in our chat before the before the game started, and we were like, why are we not just going to captain Dalvin Cook because nobody's playing Dalvin Cook? And he ended up running for 200 yards and, what was it, two or three touchdowns? Um, you just yeah. play, you just play these guys at low ownership that can break the slate. That's just, you just do it. And I, I, I agree. I think there's so many question marks around Tyreek right now. Uh, and with his volatility as it is, you know, I think nobody's going to play him and he's $7,100. That's ridiculous. That's, that's too cheap. I mean, he legit has 50 point upside, which is. Oh, absolutely. Not, I mean, it's, it's not insane for him to get there. He did in week two. Yeah, he has a 40-point upside. So, I mean, $7,100, Tyreek Hill, I'm all about that life. Um, And so, love him at that price. Now, in terms of the other wide receivers here uh, on on this offense, if you're wanting to do a little bit of a game stack, get a little bit different, um, you know, you have McCole Harmon, who's 4,100. Where is Byron Pringle? 39. Shut the front door. (laughs) <laughs> he is. He's thirty nine hundred dollars. What is going on, DK? I mean, he's clearly the number two wide receiver in this offense. Uh, eight targets last week against Denver in that game. Uh, obviously, the Pittsburgh game where he went six for seventy five and two scores in that game. Thirty nine hundred dollars, Byron Pringle. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be about that. But I also think everybody else is also gonna be about that too. Mm-hmm. At thirty nine hundred dollars, if you're wanting to pay down and get a little bit different. So I don't mind getting to a little bit of McCole Hardman um, at 4,100. Saw 11 targets last week, but that was also, I think, game plan related because we saw Tyreek Hill coming in and out of that lineup and not really getting much of a volume in that game. Um, But he did see 11 targets last week in that game, 4,100. I think that McCole Hardman likely is going to be very low-owned. And so in a Chiefs offense, I just don't mind taking stabs at some of these guys because, as we know, uh, Pat tends to really spread the ball around quite a bit. And so we have these games where it's really weird where Michael Burton scores touchdowns and we tilt our faces off in the DF and our little chat that we have because Michael Burton is getting goal line carries and, and passes and stuff like that. Cause that's just kind of what they do. But for the most part, you know, I don't have any interest in Demarcus Robinson whatsoever as much as I love Josh Gordon, and every time he's on the field, I pay mostly attention to exactly what he's doing and if they're going to throw him the ball. But uh, from from this standpoint, no, you're not playing Josh Gordon whatsoever. So yeah. I think for me on the Kansas City side, obviously we could play Travis Kelsey, especially at a reduced uh, price tag. But I also think that means it's going to come for more ownership for him. And I don't think that you're going to see as much for Tyree Kill as you will see for uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, especially with the volatility in him. So I love I love Tyreek. I'm going to prioritize him against Pittsburgh, and then from there, I I you know I don't I will have some Byron Pringle. I'm not going to fade him 
um, unless he's like really high on, but I don't think that's going to happen because I think there's a lot of other wide receivers here in the range that, that, that I think people can play that I just don't think his, his ownership is going to be crazy either. Yeah. And the other thing too, also to note with, uh, with Tyreek is in the weeks that he, you know, absolutely smashes. So like week 15, he scored 36, uh, week 10, he scored 28, week eight, he scored 28, uh, week four, he scored 50 and week one, he scored 40. If you look at Mahomes those same weeks, Mahomes go you Mahomes tends to go with him. So in those weeks, Mahomes scored 35. Uh, in week 10, Mahomes scored 39. Week 8, 15. That one's a that one's an outlier. Uh, then week four, Mahomes 32. And week one, Mahomes 36. So I think if you're gonna play Tyreek, uh play Mahomes with him. A lot of people will play Tyreek by himself, but the correlation tends to be Mahomes and Tyreek go together. No, I yeah, I agree. Um, let me ask you this. So as far as the running backs are concerned on the Kansas City side, um, do you have any interest in Derek Gore? Especially if you think that the Chiefs really kind of blow him out. doesn't sound like Clyde Rizzi-Lara is going to play. He hasn't practiced yet, so he hasn't been um, cleared yet. Uh, he has not practiced this week. I don't think they rush him back for this game. And then you have Daryl uh, Williams, who uh, actually left last week's game with an injury, um, with a toe injury. He has... Uh, been limited um, in practice this week, so he is back. But I mean, with with somebody that's, that's dealing with an injury like Daryl Williams is, like Derek Gore has has he's been somebody that they've really kind of been showing some some trust in. Um, I know uh, Andy Reid loves Derek Gore. He has talked about him, especially in the in the preseason, how much he loved him. Um, he doesn't see a lot of volume. I mean, you have to go back to you know actually this same game against Pittsburgh where he actually. Um, had uh, 12 carries for 43 yards and then three receptions for 61 yards in that game. Uh, one of those was a deep pass or it was a pass on the sideline. He continued to run. Linebacker stopped covering him, and you know Pat Mahomes hit him for a deep pass for 50 yards in that game. He did not score. But if this is a, kind of similarly to this game of, uh, you know, if you project that, that you think the Chiefs are going to roll, I think Derek Gore could end up seeing another type of role like you saw in that game. Where, and not to mention the fact that the Chiefs just generally don't give guys, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to see Daryl Williams go out there and get 80% of the opportunities or 80% of the snaps, right? Derek Gore is going to be involved. Yeah. I, I probably won't get there, but I mean, I, yeah, it's thin. It's thin for sure. And I think it's yeah, really he absolutely gone. could score 15 points. <clears throat> I don't think he gets in the 20s, but I mean, he could get you 15. But I, I, I guess you should also, I should also mention, though, that uh, one thing that wasn't there uh, against Pittsburgh was Jarek McKinnon. True. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon last week against Denver played 30% yeah. of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, three targets, three route or 11 routes, 50 yards, touchdown. Against Denver, so I don't know. So that's probably that, that probably play is probably not as good with Jarek McKinnon back because I mean they still have the three running backs and they're going to probably going to just going to be a full on committee. So I would probably avoid the Kansas City running backs to be honest with you in this game. I think I'm in the same boat. All right, so let's jump over. Do you have anything else to talk about? No, I'm good from that game. Okay, so like like I said, for me uh, at least for on the Pittsburgh side, I know we didn't really touch on him. I do like Deontay Johnson. The target share is hard to to really deny the the amount of targets he sees. I mean, he's almost ten plus targets every single week. Um, 
don't think he has a crazy ceiling, but I think he's somebody that can get you 15 to 20 and, and you know, and, and be a part of the winning optimal lineup. And he's only 6,700. So um, I don't mind that. I know he's a little bit more expensive. You know, he's what the sixth, seventh, seventh highest price wide receiver on the slate on, on the six game slate on DraftKings. But I just don't think he's going to really carry any ownership because of nobody's going to want to play Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so I just think he's a little bit of a safer play. I would love to say Chase Claypool, but my goodness, um, it's really hard to trust him with Big Ben. So anyways, I think that that's kind of where I come in. Uh, if you want, as I, because Chase Claypool is only 4,800, if you want to play him, I, I don't I don't hate it. Um, but we just haven't really seen much of a ceiling for him. He did score 18 last week. Um, they utilized him a little bit more on the ground, three carries in that game. But for the most part, He's been very volatile this year. So, anyways, <clears throat> let's jump over to the last game of the slate. And that is Arizona against the Rams. So, on this one, we have the last game of the slate. You have, this is a 50.5, open at a 50.5 point total, down to a 49.5 point total. Um, from here, you have the Cardinals, who opened at a 23 point point total it is now a 22 and a quarter and then you have the rams who opened up at 27 and a half it has down to 26 three quarters 26.75 implied point total here what are your thoughts on this game i actually the think late night the, hammer i actually think this is the most straightforward game of all of them i think you just i am gonna fade the arizona side uh minus maybe one of the running backs uh and then on the ram side it's it's copper obj or uh copper obj for me uh, Cups Cups got 28 targets against Arizona in two games this year. He's got a 13 and a 15 target game. Uh, and we've seen him one of his 40 point games, I think, came against Arizona earlier this year. So, um, and we saw OBJ, uh, he scored 20 points against them in the one game that he's played against Arizona after he came over from the trade. So, I think it's one of those two and not both. Um, because if, you, if you're playing Cup, you, you want him to score 30 for you at 9K. Uh, and if he's doing that, it's likely that, you know, OBJ is not necessarily getting there as well. Because Stafford's thrown for pretty much 280 yards in both games. So it's not likely he's he can support both of them on the same team. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a pretty straightforward game for me from a, from a DFS standpoint. In terms of the running backs, I just don't – like, I don't love – like with with Connor and Edmonds both back, it's going to be a little bit harder, I think, for me to yeah. get to them because uh, Chase Edmonds said he's going to he's planning on being back. Yeah, I mean Chase Edmonds is five K, and I don't know. Like I these two kind of tend to eat into each other a little bit. Um, so sure. I think it kind of lowers Chase Edmonds' uh, ceiling a little bit. But I do think he's probably going to be a more the more involved pass catcher here, where you have James Connor, you know, on the ground. We have seen James Conner in this matchup. I mean, so the last time they played in week 14, he went 13 carries for uh, 31 yards. And then he had uh, nine targets for 94 yards there. (laughs) That's where all of his production came from. But that would go to Chase Edmonds in this game. More than likely. I mean, mean, he'll get some pass catching work. But but it's not going to be nearly, you know, you're not going to be able to project that for James Conner. And he's the fifth highest price running back at 6,300. Yeah. I I just think Arizona is pretty much a fade for me. I honestly might just play the Rams defense. You hate the Cardinals that much, huh? I just, ever since DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, 
as they just don't look as good. I mean, their metrics have fallen off the table completely. They're like bottom second half of the league in, in offensive production. Um, and the Rams are going to be able to get pressure on Kyler Murray. And Kyler's not really running that much this year either. So he's he's just trying to, you know, stretch the ball down the field to Antoine Wesley. <laughs> Which they, you know, they've been able to have success against some some success. They did it against Dallas, but that's kind of Dallas's weak point as well. I I just don't think they're going to have as much success doing that uh, against the Rams. Um, I mean, the last game was a twenty three to thirty game. The last time out, Murray threw forty nine times. He did throw for, you know, almost four hundred yards, but he didn't throw any touchdowns through two interceptions. Um. I don't know. Kyler just spreads the ball around a ton. Even when Hopkins was out there, I mean, all these pass catchers just get, I feel like they just get you 10 to 15 points and that's it. Like nobody ever crushes from Arizona. Uh, I mean, Zach Ertz has the potential, uh, at least, uh, the amount of targets that he's seeing, especially with, since DeAndre Hopkins has been out 11. Yeah, but you really, are you going to pay play Ertz over Gronk, Kittle, Waller, and Kelsey? And even Knox and Schultz? Because, I mean, Schultz is only 300 more than Ertz. Probably not. I think, eh, probably not. I mean... If I was going to play, if I'm going to play a wide receiver here for them, it's probably Christian Kirk. He's only 5,300. Yeah, it's probably my pick too, I think. But, I mean, even him, I mean, he's been a little bit more volatile. Uh, The last time these two teams played, he had three receptions for 86 yards, no score in that game. Uh, Detroit was the last really good game he had, which was week 15, nine catches, 94 yards, and a score for 24.4. He does see a lot of targets, 9, 9, 12, 6, 3, 5, 8. I mean, he, he's kind of the guy that sees most of the targets, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out. Um, I'm not worried about Jalen Ramsey uh, because Jalen Ramsey doesn't really shadow, and I don't think he's going to shadow Christian Kirk. So that's not really a concern there. Like you mentioned, he didn't throw for 383 yards. Kyler Murray did the last time they played. Uh, Kyler Murray has been running the ball more uh, the last you know five you know, four or five weeks than he what he was earlier in the year um, by a little bit. But you know the last time like you mentioned they played, he rushed seven times for sixty one yards. Um, he has scored twenty plus DK points in both games that they played this year. I am definitely going to be creating a Kyler Murray stack because Kyler Murray does have a really uh, really a really high ceiling. I mean, he's somebody that could go out and score 35. Um, and, the, you know, um, but it's not going to be a lot. It's not going to be my favorite stack, but not having any Kyler Murray feels a little bit like a mistake. I think it comes down to how many lineups you're planning on playing, you know, how many uh, entries you're looking to have. Obviously, with this being the last game, unless you're playing, you know, it, it's either really going to come down to the six-game slate. If you're not playing the six-game slate, this game is not obviously uh, doesn't matter. Because uh, this game's not going to be on any of the other slates, right? So, and showdown is completely different. Which um, I'll definitely be playing showdown for sure. And I have a pretty good idea how I'm going to play this in a showdown slate. <laughs> um, this will be one where I, because I think everybody will be on the Rams and in a showdown. This will be we'll play uh, heavy, heavy Cardinal onslaught um, with a couple of uh, of, of Rams. Um, as far as the running backs, at least on the other side of the, I guess we didn't really talk about them. 
Um, let's hit on that really quickly. Uh, you know, you talked about Sonny Michelle. He's only 40, uh, 5,400. And then Cam Akers. Are you gonna, are we, uh, I know we kind of mentioned it, but are you going to roll the dice on Cam Akers at 4,200? I'm not. I'm, I'm good if you want to, but I'm, I'm not. Uh, and that's just because I'm going to play one team on the slate. But, uh, you know, for somebody playing multiple teams, he's absolutely in play. I, I, I mean, you could see – I think you could project – you could fairly project six to eight carries and three to five targets for Akers here, which it gets you to nine, nine, the nine to 12 opportunity range, nine to 13. He had eight last week. I mean, if he scores a touchdown or rips off a long one. He's forty two hundred or whatever it is. I mean, and he played. He played twenty percent of the snaps last week. Yeah. If they're planning on significantly upping his, I mean, I think you have to see him probably get up to 45 percent of the snaps, right? Probably. If your if your goal is to really ramp him up and to get him thinking that you have a long play and they they get past the Cardinals here and then they they're going to be heading into a matchup against oh the same team that knocked him out last year and the and the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think you have to get uh, – you really see what you got here and really ramp him up. You can't just let him play another, you know, 15, I mean, if, 20% of the snaps. If you're going to bring him back five and a half months after an Achilles injury, you're going to play him, right? Like, why even why even risk it to come back? Would it be fantastic if all of a sudden, you know, he's just fantastic and then he just plays 70% of the snaps and gets – or plays like 60% of the snaps, gets like 70% of the opportunities – and nobody plays him. It wouldn't shock me. Because especially on a six-game slate, I mean, I don't think people are going to be saving room for Cam Akers at $4,200, right? So he's going to be nut, zero ownership. Um, I'm talking myself in it. I just, I, I'm talking myself in the Cam Don't go crazy with it, but you absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, I, this isn't a guy you should play 50% of your lineups. Yeah, but no. I think if, if you're playing – I think. If, if you're playing, you know, 10, 10 plus lineups, I think having a you know lineup or two with One them in two. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. Because um, even even if he doesn't, I still think it's possible he could, he could still get you yeah. 10, 12, you know. At 4,200, he's not going to sink you if he gets eight points or whatever on yeah. a six game slate. Like, yeah. I mean, and the possibility is there. Yeah. You could legit see. I mean, and it's a great rushing matchup against Arizona, too. So, like, if he gets eight carries for 50 yards. And scores a touchdown. There's 11 points there, and he catches, let's say, three passes for 15 yards. There's another four points there. So you're looking at 15 points, 16 points right there. Uh, if he gets in the end zone, I don't. I you know, I have to lie. I don't. I don't. I, it, you know? I'd rather. I'd probably rather play Acres than Gore. If you're going to go down, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially with Jack McKinnon back. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um. So. And then I guess, I mean, Tyler Higbee has been getting more involved. I mean, if you look over the last, especially the last two weeks, eight targets, nine targets a week before that. Uh, he had scored the two touchdowns last week. The yardage isn't necessarily there, 55 yards, 69 yards. But he has scored double-digit DK points uh, each of his last two games. Runs a ton of routes. Um, I think he's a little bit thin of an option, but or at least comparatively to the other tight ends that are on the slate. But I think if you want to get a little bit different, I don't hate Tyler Higbee either. All right. I'm not going to end up there, so, but he's fine. Yeah, right. 
Of course. But I think for the people that are playing a lot more uh, yep. entries that aren't just playing one one lineup, I mean, I think getting some exposure to some of these guys that are, aren't the high-priced tight ends where I think a lot, most people are going to pay up to on a six-game slate, uh, you can get really different. And, you know, it's not out of the range of possibility that Tyler Higby at, at his price can score, you know, 20 DK points. Um, I think it's there. He scores a couple tutties, you know. Um, so... Uh, you know, at his price, I don't mind him either. And I'm not, I'm not opposed at all of doing a you know, running double tight end either. Um, here, uh, this week, there's, there's enough really, you know, to pay up for tight ends. That I think are in a good spot. And if you're looking to pay down and if you don't love any of the you know, pay down, like wide receivers, I think paying down to even a, you know, Patty Fry at 4,200 or a Higby at 4,100, Hunter Henry's only 3,700. I think some of the, the, these, these pay down tight ends, I think is a way you could go. And that would definitely get you different because I don't think there's going to be many people playing double tight end. I agree. So, all right. Well, that's the that's the six games. Uh, we are definitely still have to do our uh, traditional uh, lineup build. We are going to do this once again through the six game slate um, on this one. Uh, so, Maddie, start it off. Uh, Darren Waller. Things you love to, to see. see. I'm going to play Tyree Kill at 7,100. All right. And to correlate that, like I said, if, if Tyree if Tyree goes nuclear, he takes Mahomes with him. So let's play Mahomes. Okay. Well, said we loved him. We're still going to love him. I'm going to go Devin Singletary. All right. I'm going to give us some salary, and we're going to play Rams D. Um, okay. So we need, so right now we're at 5,300, uh, remaining average salary. We need a running back, two wide receivers and a flex. I'm going to go with, let's go with CD lamb. Fournette. We'll lock in Fournette. He's 5,900. That leaves 46, uh, 4,600 left remaining with a wide receiver and a flex. I don't know how ugly this is going to get, but let's try it. I'm going to lock in Brandon Ayuk. 3,900. Oh, I know what we could do. Pringle? Yep. <laughs> to go along with our stack. I'm good with it. Yep. I like I like the Lamb Ayuk mini stack. That's that's sexy, um, and we'll just we'll just need to keep an eye on Fournette uh, because they uh, they do have I don't know if Gio Bernard's playing, but they designated him to return, um, and then they also obviously have Vaughn and Bell, and and Fournette himself is is questionable, so uh, we just need to keep an eye on that. But if if Fournette were to be out, there's some cheaper running backs that we could play. Like we could just pivot to Williams or or Mitchell probably. Probably Mitchell since we have uh, Pringle and Tyreek already for Kansas City and Mahomes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So we're going to lock this one in. We got Pat Mahomes, Devin Singletary, Leonard Fournette. Again, we'll have to keep an eye on that if he doesn't come back uh, for this week, which sounds like he's going to, but if he does not, 
Uh, we'll definitely have to make a, uh, a decision there and, and move off him. And then Tyreek, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, Darren Waller, Byron Pringle, and Rams D with $0 remaining. We're going to lock this one in. I love, I, I like this lineup uh, quite a bit. So uh, that one has been locked in. All right. Well, this one, uh, you know, uh, a little bit different uh, than our typical, um, you know, position by positional breakdown that we typically do. But with so many different slates, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, next week, uh, I fully expect DK should get back to their typical, you know, uh, main slate should be the Saturday and Sunday slate like we've seen. We have a real shot. Hopefully, if everything works out, that next weekend slate could be absolutely amazing. We could be seeing Chiefs, Bills, um, Titans, and the Bengals, right? That would it be? Yeah. Uh, Titans and Bengals, and then we could see the Packers, Rams, and the Cowboys against the Bucks. That would be the dream matchup, the dream slate for the divisional round. All those games would be uh, excellent. So hopefully that's the way that this turns out. We'll see. Um, anyways, I appreciate everybody rocking with us all year. We are not going anywhere, though. Like I said, we'll be back next week for the divisional round. We'll be back for the championship round. And I believe, I think we'll definitely, we'll be probably be back as well for the Super Bowl for the for the showdown slate there uh, again you can go ahead and jump into our DR, our discord uh, that we have for DFS uh, redraft dynasty player props uh, I think the boys are gonna uh, might be going live this Friday uh, Tom and uh, Cody doing the player props I'm not 100% sure on that last I had heard they are they're looking to do that on tomorrow night on Friday night so if you're into the, the, that kind of thing player props uh, they should be back this week the uh, Prop show should be back hopefully this week. So that being said, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, you know, go Chiefs, go 49ers. Um, go Cowboys. <clears throat> uh, anyways, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Let's win some money this weekend on the six-game slate. Uh, definitely going to be playing a bunch, uh, bunch of different slates here. Showdown, two-game, three-game, six-game. I'm going to be doing it all. Anyways, I hope everybody has a good weekend and uh, stay safe out there and – We'll see you guys again next Thursday right here. Lock it in. We out. You can tell me what to do. You know who you're talking to. Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.